your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Hi, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Follow my co-host, Cami at Cami and G. Uh, yesterday, we talked a little bit about Mock Draft Monday, fantasy football rankings. So if you haven't checked out that episode, make sure you go check out all of our episodes on the Lockdown Longhorns podcast. Cammy, it is a uh, Tuesday where we have some news. Big 12 has released the early part of the schedule, so we kind of got an idea of when kickoff's going to happen, uh, what TV networks they're going to be on, at least uh, in the month of September. We do know that much. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited because it's making it seem a lot more real, but I'm actually kind of curious to see whether they're holding off uh, on the back end of the scheduled details just to wait and see what the Big Ten um, ends up doing because we know they're kind of backtracking right now. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I guess, some hope for the upcoming season, and um, it's actually less than two weeks away. It is less than two weeks away. We're talking 11 days, so we're Sam Ellinger days away. From the uh, kickoff against UTEP, which UTEP kicks off actually this week. Uh, So we'll get a little better idea about them. But talking about that UTEP game, we are discussing a 7 p.m. kickoff at Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium, uh, which you can watch on the Longhorns Network. Yeah, I'm actually excited for that night game. I know Texas is, I want to say, about 42-point favorites, I believe. So um, it shouldn't be that exciting of a game. But I think if you're a Texas fan, uh, it's nice to watch uh, any of the starters get out there and play, kind of shave off that rust that they may have heading into conference play. And then hopefully we'll be able to see an incoming freshman like B. John Robinson and Alfred Collins a bit. So I'm excited to more so see the depth pieces out there. I think it is exciting, though. Whether or not you want to say a, a game where Texas is six touchdown favorites uh, can be exciting, but the fact is we haven't had college athletics on television or anything of that nature, minus the Austin P and Central Arkansas. But as far as Texas is concerned, we haven't seen them on an athletic field, on a court, on a on the baseball field, on the diamond, you know, since March. So. Mm-hmm. You're talking five, almost six months. It'll almost be six months to the day from when the Texas versus Texas Tech basketball game at the Big 12 tournament was canceled when Texas will actually kick off the season 7 p.m. against UTEP, a team that is, for all intents and purposes, ranked the absolute worst team in college football. Yeah, now that you bring that up, I remember actually attending one of the uh, baseball series at home in Austin at the beginning of March, and that honestly feels like years ago. So I can't even, yeah, that doesn't even feel like I went there this year. But yeah, I'm excited, and I think uh, that's kind of what people missed out on the most with the orange and white scrimmage was that chance to kind of see them in a game setting before uh, the season actually kicked off. But regardless, at at least it is a team like UTEP that they can kind of warm up with before heading into conference play. So I think it worked out for Texas. Yeah, it worked out for Texas. It definitely worked out. Uh, So September 26th, that is the first Big 12, uh, the opening of Big 12 conference play. Texas Tech will host the Longhorns September 26th at 2.30 p.m. You can watch that game on Fox. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of hoping it would be a night game because night games in Lubbock are crazy. 
<laughs> oh yeah, Texans fans uh, are definitely aware of that. But uh, I, I'm not too, I guess I'm indifferent on that one. I kind of like the afternoon games and they're just, uh, I guess, kicking off the season with the night game. And I'm sure they'll have several other night games throughout the season. So um, yeah, I think the 2.30 kickoff's fine. It's a better than an 11 a.m. kickoff, Ugh. I have to say. I hate. I was just going to say that. Uh, but October 10th, we do have an 11 a.m. kickoff. Texas, Oklahoma, Red River rivalry in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl, 11 a.m. That is an early, early start. Uh, the good thing is the Texas State Fair won't be going on at that time, seeing as how they canceled it. So the fairgrounds won't be too crazy for the 50% capacity we're supposed to see, or, or really it's not 50, it's 25%, 12, 12 and a half for each side at the stadium, 11 a.m. kickoff, though. Yeah, I think that's more of a tradition thing at this point. So everyone's kind of used to that 11 a.m. kickoff. You do have to get up very early if you're planning to tailgate and do things like that. But um, I'm not sure how many, obviously, like you mentioned, the limited capacity, how many fans will actually be out there tailgating this year. But it definitely takes away from the tradition of going to the fair and um, having that packed stadium split down the middle, Cotton Bowl Stadium split down the middle. But um, I mean, 50% um, in this day and age of this year, where we're at right now, I would guess, um, is realistic. I think that's kind of a lot. One of the highest percentages is we've heard in terms of fan attendance. So I think that's kind of best case scenario right there for them. Yeah, but I got to know, how am I supposed to get my Fletcher's corny dog? <laughs> that's what I need to know. You know what? I just saw something on Twitter this morning saying they were going to actually start selling those this year and um, – I don't know what states, but yeah, take a well, look at I, that because you'll be able to get some. I actually do. I do know the owners of the Fletcher Corny Dogs, and and they have events that they're popping up all over uh, Texas. So uh, there is the possibility. I haven't seen anything announced officially. Uh, last I talked to the owners, they hadn't said that they will or won't be uh, at the fairgrounds for the Texas OU game. But it would be great if they could at least have like one of those pop up stands, you know, so people can still get their Fletcher Corny Dogs. You know, feel like. There's some semblance of the Texas State Fair still there, you know? Yeah, but I did see on Twitter that you are going to be able to uh, purchase those somewhere, but I uh, just briefly glanced over the article. So you'll have to take a look at that because I'm pretty sure you can find some. Uh, you, you definitely can find some. Uh, there is one night game on the schedule. They decided to move the Iowa State-Texas game to the day after Thanksgiving. So Friday night lights. November 27th, Iowa State, Texas, Brock Purdy versus Sam Ellinger. Who's the better quarterback in the Big 12? Who's the better quarterback that's going to go on to the next level in the NFL draft? Uh, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot riding on that game because I kind of feel like that game, Iowa State's going to be looking to play spoiler. Oh, yeah. I think they have enough talent, too, I, I guess, especially um, at the quarterback position. And obviously, they have one of the top coaches in the conference. So uh, they could be spoiler for just about any team in the Big 12. Yeah, I think that's their big thing this year. They're playing spoiler this year. I think that's really what uh, they're focused on. That's that's where they are. Uh, so overall thoughts were with uh, kickoff times. Were, were there any surprises in there? Uh, you know, for me, I was kind of hoping the Oklahoma Texas game might move to the afternoon, maybe a night game because there's not going to be a whole lot going on um, as far as there's no Big Ten, there's no Pac-12, so. Mm -hmm. take no. that opportunity for a primetime game 
Yeah, I agree. But I don't think there's any, I guess, huge surprises to the schedule. I guess I wasn't expecting much just because of how this year is gone. And we still don't know at this point uh, if the Big Ten is going to play another trying to or when that would start and how that impacts the uh, kickoff times and scheduling and especially TV schedules for uh, Texas in general in the Big 12. So I don't know. I'm just half so happy that football is here and we have an actual schedule to go by. Um, I guess I'm not expecting much after that. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. Uh, but then you have Oklahoma, right? And their first game is Missouri State. But the only way you're going to get to watch that game is on pay-per-view. Cammy, can you imagine paying $55 to watch that game from your house? No, I think that is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, it makes sense now why uh, the rumblings a couple months ago were saying Oklahoma is going to keep that Missouri game because of the money money in play. And I just can't imagine any fan um, wanting to pay that, especially the students and things like that, just to watch that game. So I'm sure it's going to cause an uproar on Twitter, uh, which it looks like it already has. So, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma's not – this isn't new for them. They – they typically have one of those pay-per-view games uh, at the very beginning of the season, usually their opening kickoff, uh, unless it's a higher-ranked opponent. But the fact that they're charging $55 to watch that game, I was like, that's absolutely asinine. Yeah, there's there's no way you can expect fans or students, um, yeah, of any background to even want to want to pay that to watch uh, a game, especially a game like Oklahoma and Missouri. So that made no sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. All right, but coming up next, let's talk about the top 50 college football players and uh, one freshman making the All-American preseason list. Uh, But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. Rock Auto has made it so easy when you need your automotive needs. Do you need a headlight? Do you need a tailgate? Do you need to get some parts to upgrade your, your car, your truck, your SUV? They got them all. Every make, every model. Every style, EX, LX, ET, I don't know. They got all these different styles. Now, I can't even keep up with all of them. But the one place that can keep up with them is rockauto.com. So I want you to go on over there and check out their prices. Low prices, so it's affordable. It's convenient. You don't have to get out. It's right there for you. So make sure you go check it out. Go to rockauto.com, and when you check out, tell me your friends at Lockdown Longhorn sent you. Let's talk about another list, Cammy. We love lists, right? Top 10, top 20, top 50. ESPN has released their top 50 college football players heading into the 2020 season, and they included players that are not even going to play this year, which I thought is odd, because if you're going to do your top 50 players in college football, I would expect it to be the players who are actually going to play. Yeah, I think they were kind of confused on what the Big Ten is going to do. So um, they did make a note of it, I guess, under each player on their current status, whether they're playing, whether they opted out, whether their conference is postponed, things like that. So um, I'm happy they at least did that much. But I guess it's more telling to add all of those players together and who would have been the most um, exciting and I guess the highest ranked players heading into the season. But um, it was at least, uh, I guess, a positive sign that three Longhorns were included. Three Longhorns were included. Of course, the highest-rated Longhorn on the list was uh, a guy by the name of Sam Ellinger. I think we've talked about him a time ago. <laughs> I might know that guy. You might know that guy. Uh, and, and we're uh, on that list. Where did Sam Ellinger come in? 
So Sam Ellinger came in at 25, which is a bit lower than he was last year because his last year's ranking on the same ESPN top 50 players list was at 13. So I'm a little confused why he dropped down to 25. I think he's one of the top quarterbacks heading into this season. And uh, we even saw uh, earlier that PFF came out and said he's actually the second highest rated quarterback playing this year right behind Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, he came in at 25, but I think, and obviously um, the other two are Caden Stearns and Samuel Cosme, but surprisingly Cosme was the lowest ranked. I think he was around like 41 and he was probably, I think the seventh offensive lineman on this list. So I thought that was kind of absurd to be honest. Yeah, that that's a little low. Caden uh, Stearns being on there is not a surprise to me. Uh, I'm a little surprised not to hear any fanfare about Joseph Asai because I think a lot of people are expecting a lot out of Joseph Asai this season, moving to the Jack role, playing in a new defense under Chris Ash. Uh, were there any other players that you kind of thought might garner some of that uh, hype? Maybe not top 50, but should be in the conversation. Um, Not necessarily. I think the next man up probably would have been Osai. Um, Otherwise, you could probably argue a couple of uh, the weapons on the offense. You could argue any of those three running backs. I know it's obviously a little early, but um, I think they all are talented enough to – to be on this list, but I think, um, I guess a dark horse for me would probably be Jake Smith. I think he's going to have a huge year for Texas this season. Uh, my dark horse, I'm going to go with Deshaun Jameson because I think he impacts the game on multiple levels, whether it's the return game. We saw what he could do in the return game against Utah uh, and obviously playing defensive back, uh, led the team in interceptions last year. So he would be a guy that I would make my case for being on this list. Yeah, I agree with that. I was going to say one of the uh, cornerbacks could probably make it up there, but Oklahoma State actually had, in terms of the Big 12, there were seven players on this list, but Oklahoma had the two highest rated. So I think to no surprise, Chubba was uh, number 11. So he led the conference. And then uh, a couple spots down from him at number 17 was Tylen Wallace, which you've mentioned about. Mentioned He's probably one of the best wide receivers in the conference and, um, and the nation. Obviously, he had the ACL injury last season. So yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I think... Um, also noted, I just now thought of this. Spencer Rattler wasn't even included on this, so I thought well, the interesting. The, it sounds like the Spencer Rattler hype train has come to a screeching halt. He's not in the top fifty. Uh, that's a joke because I think <laughs> that, that I think that train is full speed ahead. Uh, but you know, when, when you look at these lists, I mean, it's hard to put in somebody like uh, Spencer Rattler who, to, you know. He, Inexperienced, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when you look at the people on there, and most of this, this is like a year-to-year list, right? Sam Ellinger mm-hmm. was 13th last year. He's 25th this year. Uh, Caden Stearns is in there. Uh, I know Caden, they had a lot of expectations on him, you know, after his freshman year, and then last year was kind of a letdown. Uh, so we'll see how he impacts the game, but I still think he's a top player. Uh, yeah, you know, be- you, I wanted to – Interrupt you real quick now that we were talking about quarterbacks. Um, Shane Bouchelle, former Texas quarterback, actually made the list at number 39, and he wasn't even ranked last year. So I think his hype train is just now beginning. I think he's going to be one of the top players this season. Well, if you're interested, September 11th, which is Friday, TCU is hosting SMU. So you're going to get to see Shane Bouchelle uh, Friday night. So that's going to be an exciting game, I think. Probably the best game. It is the best game on the schedule that night, I believe. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would have looked forward to that game regardless of when they were playing. Right. It's, it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch, I think. Uh, you know, th- there's a lot of questions of the TCU and 
obviously in, in the next several weeks, we're going to get into that because, you know, obviously TCU's early, early on the schedule. Uh, October 3rd, they played TCU prior to playing Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. Uh, another list that came out, 24-7 Sports put out their true freshman All-American preseason team. Uh, Longhorns had one player on there. I expected to hear B. John Robinson's name, but, you know, I think they had a good reasoning for not putting him on there just for the simple fact that uh, it's kind of going to be like this three-headed monster at running back between Keontae Ingram, Roshan Johnson. Uh, you got Bijan, and now you got the new guy, Gabriel Watson, coming in, you know, led the Division Two in, in rushing a couple years ago. So you got really a four-headed monster at running back. Uh, but they did pick a guy on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they did. And I was actually just going to mention that. I was pretty shocked that Bijan wasn't included on in there. But like you mentioned, I get the running back by committee thing. And if they're going by overall production and what they're expecting for their true freshman season, then uh, that definitely makes sense. But yeah, Alfred Collins has uh, made that freshman All-American list. And it's funny because I think Bijan's actually obviously going to get more playing time than Alfred Collins is. But we've heard Herman um, just completely bragging about how big he looks for a true freshman. And I know all the um, other defensive starting defensive linemen have kind of took him under his wing. So um, he will receive significant playing time. I'm excited to see him against UTEP because I think that's um, definitely going to be a big game for him. So, uh, yeah, I think it's telling. He was obviously a five-star prospect uh, when he committed to Texas. So there's definitely they're definitely expecting big things out of him. Yeah, they are going to expect big things. I think the the opt-out of Marquez Bamaj is, is really going to help out uh, in terms of getting – him playing time, you know, I think uh, he's going to do some things this season. Uh, I think that rotation, they're going to keep those guys fresh. So I, I could, I would say that he's probably going to play a pretty good amount of time uh, as far as getting them on the, getting them on the field in, in a rotation. But, you know, they talked a lot about playing him inside just for his sheer size of him. Mm-hmm. I know he's defensive end, but they probably could play him a defensive tackle a little bit uh, next to Keandre Coburn. Um, and then obviously you're going to have, uh, to Quan Graham out there, you know, Joseph Asai, uh, they've got options. They definitely got options. So that's going to be really interesting. I right, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about some recruiting and a new program that the Texas Longhorns have launched to help out their team. Kimmy, have you heard about leverage? Is that, is that I have. Uh, so Leverage is a new program that the uh, Texas Longhorns have launched for their student athletes to build their brand. They're taking advantage of the name, image, and likeness uh, ruling that's going to be taking place in NCAA. It's going to allow players to actually cash in on on themselves. You know, in years past, if, if they accepted money for an autograph or photos or anything of that nature, it was an automatic NCAA investigation and suspension. Right. Uh, moving forward, that will no longer be the case with new NIL rules, but to help out the athletes, Texas, the University of Texas, has launched a program called Leverage that breaks it down into four pillars. You have personal branding and brand management. So essentially, they're going to teach you how to build, market, manage your brand, and utilizing social media to enhance your brand. And if you look on social media, the Texas Longhorns, the players are very active, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that's going to be key on, on the on the student athletes getting involved in this. 
you got business formation and entrepreneurships. Why student athletes make great entrepreneurs, uh, business formation processes, plus the fact that you're going to have access to a guy who who does really well with branding and business. Yes, I'm talking about the uh, Minister of Culture, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yes. Definitely going to help you out. Uh, and that goes into my next point, op opportunity management, how to pursue and weigh business endorsement, other opportunities, legal aspects, implications. Again, they're putting all of these programs together that are going to allow athletes to finally cash in. And then we have the financial literacy, cash flow management, financial crisis and investing. You know, I, I think they're putting out all these tools that are really going to help these athletes. But the one thing I think it does even more so is it helps recruiting. I was just going to say that. I was like, man, they're nailing everything that's kind of come their way this offseason. We've mentioned how Herman's behind all the players in terms of all the social injustice issues. We've uh, They've now launched a leverage campaign. And um, I think regardless, Texas football in general has one of the best social media departments. I mean, everything is just super engaging. I think they have one of the top engagement rates of uh, any college football team. So I think that leverage in terms of the name, image, and likeliness is really going to pay off for the players. We know uh, Ellinger can definitely uh, cash in quite a bit of money from that. But, um, yeah, I think it's just showing in general that uh, they have their players back. So uh, I think it's going to be a huge recruiting tool for them to use going forward. Yeah, it, it definitely will be. And, you know, it's not just Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, they, they're pretty big on all all avenues that are available to them. Um, and again, you know, this is just this new program. And uh, I think it's fantastic. I think that they're, you know, going about it the right way and, and getting all of these guys, all these opportunities for these players. You, you're, you're thinking a, a guy like Quinn Ewers, number one prospect in America or top quarterback. Yeah, and, the University of Texas. You think he's not going to cash in? I know, exactly. And uh, I know I'm kind of uh, out of place here in terms of what we're talking about, but um, I know they mentioned uh, within the past couple of days as well that Iconic 22 is going to be kind of their hashtag for the 2022 recruiting class. And now that you mentioned Quinn, I'm pretty sure Quinn had a very large say uh, in what that kind of hashtag would be going forward. So I thought that was kind of cool because we saw Quinn uh, mention a couple of weeks ago on Twitter uh, what – what the fans voted, I guess, on um, what he thought the hashtag should be for the 2022 recruiting class. So that was cool. It seems like they're just uh, taking the ground running. Yeah, they are taking the ground running. Iconic 22. Yeah, you talked about it. Quinn Ewers, uh, Faison Wilson, those two guys, they're, they're the only two that have committed to Texas for the 2022 class so far. Uh, but however, they have uh, they've really been on on the ground level on this. And they, like you said, they were talking about it and they were trying to figure out what could be the hashtag. Well, Texas finally says we're going to go with iconic 22. Uh, but the great thing is as of September 1st at midnight, so early this morning, the floodgates were open. Schools could, coaches could officially start contacting the 2022 recruits. Now I know some people are like, well, you had Quinn Ewers who already committed and, and phase on Wilson. And that is because those players initiated the contact. So prior to last night, they could initiate contact, but now the schools can get involved and start talking to some of these kids. Yeah, I think it's a huge um, deadline that they're now able to contact uh, recruits from that class. But um, I also thought it was kind of funny and entertaining. Uh, last night, we saw several of the recruiting um, guys like Brian Carrington and things like that on Twitter talking about how they're going to slide into their DMs right at midnight. So um, it's just fun. They're making it fun. I think that's what kind of attracts recruits as well. 
Oh, yeah. You, you, yeah, they talked about it. They said that they're going to slide in some DMs. They're going to start shooting some shots, Cammy. Uh, they're going to slide in the DMs and, and start to try and build that 2022 class up. Uh, as far as the 2021 class, uh, we got a announcement coming today, later today. LJ Johnson of SciFair is going to announce his top four schools today. Cammy, any guesses on the top four? Well, I think Texas is for sure going to be up there. Um, I can't remember who the other one was. It Texas A and M, or was that? Uh, we've been talking about so many different running backs lately. The, uh, the top four, or the, as far as the ones that are in play, I don't know which one he's going to cut out, but I do know that there are five schools gunning for him right now. Uh, Texas and Texas A and M are the two teams that are okay, on top. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Auburn, Georgia. LSU all involved. Ooh, I think Texas, Texas A&M are going to be his top two. Um, so I'd be surprised if they weren't included on the top four, obviously, since I think those are his top two. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think Texas has a very, uh, I guess, high chance of landing him. And, obviously, Bijan's been consistently speaking with him, trying to get him out there. So I'd be shocked if he doesn't come to Texas. Yeah, there also there's another school in the mix there uh, towards the bottom, and that's Oklahoma. But – uh, they're kind of in that Kamar Wheaton sweepstakes, mm-hmm. so I don't think that he's really looking at them. Uh, hasn't had the same level of relationship-wise as far as what we're hearing. Uh, it's very much – it seems like it's very much down to Texas versus A&M, but obviously you got those SEC schools that are involved, and and uh, they do well in, in the recruiting, especially at the running back position. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Longhorns podcast. For Tammy. Patrick, as always, keep it locked on. Hook em.